Okay, ready? Yeah. Are we recording? Hey, and hold welcome. On. Hold on, you introduced this week. Yeah, I am introducing right now, Greg. Welcome to the Justin and Greg show experience, Jags experience, thingamabobberaboo. Yeah, we don't even know what it's called, but we know it exists because we're doing it right now. It's in my head because I found all these other podcasts with the word experience in it, and I feel like I ripped them off, but I didn't. No, trust me, you did. You ripped off the Gary V audio experience. No, subconsciously. No, that's what, you know, anyway, people say that great art is just, you know, it's steel. Steal, yeah. steal like an artist. That's yeah. what they say. So who cares? Inspired by other greats. This podcast is great. Our goal is to improve on that podcast, which is our work's cut out for us. Anyway, it is a big day today. We're recording on Wednesday this week. September 12th. Also known as Apple Day. iPhone Apple event day. Could you imagine getting an invitation from Apple to say, hey, Justin Revis, you love tech. Come to the Steve Jobs Theater and check out the Apple event. Pay your own expenses. Get turned. No, I'd be like, yeah, I'm bringing my 8,822 YouTube subscribers. Hey. Would you actually go, though? You'd have to go. That, that's an experiment, experience worth checking out at least once. If they invited me and I had to pay my own way. Yeah, that's how it would be. I just, I don't think I have enough room on the credit card. No, but let's assume that you had a reasonable amount of room in the credit card. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It would be an investment because that's an experience. Like life is about experiences, not about having money. My kids wouldn't eat that month. And you know what? I would say worth it. Oh, sorry. Hashtag worth it. Well, there's always Wonder Bread and, and, and Cheese oh, Whiz. That's not food. That's what I grew up on. Look at me. I'm I'm made tons of sense. <laughs> I mess. think a little Your bit slow. Your are a mess. So anyway, it's the rage today. Apple released three new iPhones, the XS Mac. 10S. Or Max. 10S Mac. 10R. Can you try? 10S. 10S Max. Although it's an X and they're saying Roman numerals. And how pretentious is Apple? Which I kind of love. Hold on. They're the most pretentious. One of the most pretentious. this is an iPhone X, but you're going to say iPhone 10. Don't say iPhone X. Do you know what I say? iPhone X up your butt, Apple. I've been saying that all week long and you've been correcting me every single time. iPhone X up your butt, Apple? No, iPhone X. Yeah, it's wrong. XS. I think it's great. Anyway, Apple's, you're right. They're the most pretentious company not in high fashion, I think that I'm aware of. I mean, you guys can disagree with me on this podcast, but I used to be a huge Apple fanboy. Mm -hmm. I used to book days off work to watch these things live and to nerd out. And you know about this. You nerd about tech all the time. And nerd out with my friends about the processors and the DPI on the screen and the technology. And now I'm like, I literally have seen your your shtick, Apple, like 14 times. I wasn't excited about this one at all. I mean, I might go check out the highlights and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm not sure I care that much but then I watch it and I get excited and I guarantee that my heart rate goes up a little bit with those sexy. And if you have the new Apple watch, you could actually see accurately your heart going, heart rate going up. It has an ECG in it, measures your heart rate. The first over the, over the counter ECG in the world, I think. And it's built inside an Apple watch and people apparently on Reddit said they could never do that. And Apple laughs in your face. I wonder how much of, I mean, I think there's two factors to play here. One, it's just always hard to keep iterating and the longer we go on, I think there's like a term for that effect of it's harder to get people excited. But also, Apple used to be so good at keeping things under wraps and now we knew everything about the phone long before it came out. Yeah, that's supply chain stuff though. When they moved everything over to China and started you know, ramping up the supply chain, that's when things leaked. Now, sure. a good example I have about this is they released that uh, garbage can Oh yeah, Mac, Mac Pro. Pro. No one knew anything about it because it was made in America. Right in their secret American facilities. And people were like, wow. And I remember the... Uh, Are you saying Trump is right? Because f- he told Apple just to make it in the US. Greg. I'm not saying that. Greg. But I remember, I think it's Phil. He said, you know, can't innovate my rear. 
uh, and I use the word rear because there's people that listen to this podcast under the age of 18. That's fine. Shout out to Kyle and Liskey. Hey, glad you're listening, bud. Uh, but it's important that we remember it's not all Apple's fault. When you have 30 plus thousand people involved in sure. something like oh, that yeah. and it's getting transferred all the time Especially and they know like, some of these companies will pay big money for these. That's what leaks. I mean. Like if I'm the person working at Foxconn's, the factory in China that makes this stuff and I get a leak out and people are going to give me 10,000 American dollars for a leak. Sure. Well, remember when the iPhone 4 was left in a bar in yes. San Francisco and, and Gizmodo like had this story. And, oh yeah, it was a mess. And Gizmodo went through the roof that week because I can't remember who yeah. was in charge of it. But anyway, it changed the world. No, it didn't. But it was an awesome story. Yeah, and now, yeah. Hey guys, there's new iPhones out. Cool. Minor upgrades. Nothing really that exciting to talk about. You get a new phone this year. I got my yeah. new one last year, so you I can don't just really care. Sense the apathy in Justin's voice. Oh, move on. I don't care. I'm this, not getting a new phone. This is me trying to convince Greg just keep your iPhone seven. We don't want to pay for you to upgrade. What Justin doesn't know yet is I'm getting the iPhone XS Max because I want a real phone. I want a big screen. I can't wait for you to get that because that's a Chinese knockoff for sure. Here's how you figure out whether or not innovation is actually happening. You have the iPhone X. If you watch this keynote and we're like oh my goodness i need that new phone that's a good upgrade but i almost know no one now if you had bought the iphone uh, the galaxy s9 or s8 and you saw the galaxy s9 you were like yeah it's better but not that much better yeah i wonder how i mean there are a few people out there like the early adopters who trade in their phones every year but for me i'm just like no i don't care i'm just happy because for years i was on the s cycle 3g s then the four came out revolutionary. I didn't. I couldn't get it because it wasn't my year. Four S, which is minor upgrades. Then the five came out. Couldn't get that. Five S. Six came out. Six S. Finally, I'm on the like the original. I'm on the ten cycle. You're gonna get a ten S. I'm gonna get the eleven. Bro, these are the worst first world problems I've heard in a long time. Right? Almost yeah. as bad as my older brother, who was one of those people who upgrade every single time, mm-hmm. and he sold his iPad in anticipation for a new iPad. And oh, I haven't heard that selling iPads. Didn't happen. I have an iPad one upstairs and an iPad two. I tell you this, iPad I just actually, bought them. They, if you have a new iPad, they actually do a ton. And yeah. they, they make way more sense now than they did for the iPad one and the iPad two. But you know, anyway, kind of mm-hmm. cool. If you are getting the new iPhone, let us know in the comments below. <laughs> <laughs> totally nobody. Uh, it's YouTube. Oh, man. Okay, so this is kind of cool. Last week here in Saskatoon, and if you're listening in Buffalo, New York, you may have heard this. Becky, thanks for being a big fan of the show. hey The Saskatoon Regina. Police Department. Experience Saskatoon. The Saskatoon Police Department released a video that they made, uh, which was like a, an ode to a Brooklyn Nine-Nine slash yeah. Backstreet Boys bit. Well, there are police stations all over the world who are kind of recreating this Brooklyn Nine-Nine scene where I think Andy Samberg walks in and somebody has stolen something, but they didn't see the perp. They just heard him singing, and so they get all the perps to acapella sing, and it turns into a big air bandy dancey video, and police stations have been doing this all over. Well, the Saskatoon police did one real well to a Backstreet Boys song. It took them well over a month to create and produce, and it was awesome. Like, I have never seen a video grow that fast as it did. Like, yeah. it was a million views in less than 24 hours easily yeah. on Facebook. Two and a half million the last time I saw, shared so many times. The Backstreet Boys themselves retweeted it and said, this is awesome. Nick, whatever his last name is. Cannon. Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys said the same thing. Very, very cool. And here's what I love about this. They didn't have to do this. No, they didn't. They could have just said, hey, everyone else, continue to do cool stuff. 
we'll just keep doing our jobs, which are very important, and I'm yes. assuming that they're good at them, and no one would think anything else of them. And they also know that by doing this, they're going to open themselves up to public scrutiny, where they're going to say, oh, you guys, you can't waste all this time. And they said, oh, it's just volunteering after hours. But they would have given some money to whoever created the video, and they were asking for a lot of people's time. But I think at the end, they win because as the public, you go, that was awesome. And, and when you say win, how do they actually win, though? I think it's a public perception thing. Where one, where I love for the next two months, anytime you are a person in the public in Saskatoon, which if we didn't clarify this, is about two and a half hour drive north of us, which is very close in Prairie, Canada land. You see a police officer, you're going to be like, yo, that video you guys did. That was awesome. And I think it humanizes them as well. Absolutely. Like, hey, wait a minute. You have fun just like I do. And we yeah. forget about that, right? You put on the uniform. Yeah, when they pull over a tick, they pull you over and they give you a ticket. You don't feel like, hey, you have fun like I do. No, and you don't think they that at, at all. No, you're like, you're a jerk. But how do you feel now if you're two and a half hours south of Saskatoon and running a police department? The pressure for you to right. compete with that, you know, city by city rivalry, yeah. that is that is a ton yeah. A ton of work. There's two, and I'm air quoting here, major cities, because each city has between 200 and 250,000 people, Saskatoon, and then where we live is Regina. And it's kind of like, balls in your court, Regina. How are you going to top this without like just seeming like you're copying? You actually kind of have to one-up them or do nothing. It's tricky. Yeah, and if you haven't seen this video yet, it's worth going to check out because it is very well done. Saskatoon Police Service. Just put it in Facebook. You'll see it. And and like, if if Regina was to copy this, like this video is done so well, it's not Insane. worth trying to beat, really, in the same manner. No, you got you to gotta do something... I don't know how you make it different or fun or do like some like dirty rap or I don't know something. You got to acknowledge the Saskatoon one and then try and one up it in some kind of way. But yeah, it's at the 2.6 million views a few days later now. So props to those guys for making that happen. Those guys and gals. I just love the fact that they did it. And people say like, why do this? And yeah, it has really positive things that'll happen, you know, talking about humanizing mm-hmm. them. But I just love the fact they did it. Yep. Someone in that department came up with an idea to do something really cool and fun yep. that would have cost people a lot of extra time. Absolutely. You got a scene where there's like 40 or 50 people doing a choreographed dance in a field where you can see the city in the background. And that... That stuff took time. You get the mascots from the city. The whole thing takes time. There's a thousand. If you if you edit videos, you understand when oh, you watch yeah. this video. There's a thousand cuts here and a lot of different people. But they did it anyway. Good and the them. world needs more people Absolutely. that think like this. That say, "Oh my goodness, I'm just gonna try and do this because that will be funny." Yeah. People underestimate the power of good and laughter in the world. And people say, "Wow, I had fun watching this five minute video." Thanks. Yeah. Times Massive three. Way million people, Saskatoon man. Police Service and all the people there listening, guys, hats off to you. You guys rock. Congratulations. That was awesome. Yeah, I'm glad that it was seen all over the world and from our backyard. Hey, speaking of great dances, because Saskatoon Police Service, I mean, some amazing dances in there. Did you hear about this uh, kindergarten principal over in Shenzhen, China, who welcomed all of her students back by doing a pole dance? <laughs> I feel like we talk about the most ridiculous things on the show. True story. All the kids, parents assembled, welcome back. She performs a pole dance for them. Like, was there a context around this? Like, was this a mistake or was she, she was working there? Oh, she was working it there. She has since been removed or relieved of her duties at the school. But I think it was just, you know, apparently before they were having all sorts of like military activities and somehow... 
maybe she took some classes uh, over the summertime and was excited to show off a new art form, which I get it. Pole dancing is actually great exercise, I hear, you know, and a number of things. But, you know, when, when you see her outfit and the whole dance is it wasn't just exercise. There was definitely some some art mixed in there. Right. She was she was going for it. She was she was, she was it was an interpretive doing, dance. She was doing a great job of the worst kind of 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 the worst kind. And I'm not sure how this came up to be a good idea. Hey, we got a bunch of kindergartners. We want to entertain them. Welcome them back to the school. You heard that right. Kindergartners. There were around 500 children aged three to six, as well as 100 parents to this teacher performed for. Oh, and she performed a pole dance. Quote, some of the young boys were even seen mimicking the dance moves, according to reports. And I don't care about that because people are always trying to dance. I'm like, like the problem I have with this article was uh, just the boys and the girls didn't because kids are just like impressionable. Like my kids all the time when they see us doing something funny, they try and mimic it. But it, apparently a few of the parents came up requesting a refund and threatened to pull their kids out of the school. So she was, uh, anyway, she was relieved of her duties as principal. And it's a warning to all of you other principals and even teachers out there. Don't welcome your kindergartners back with pole dances. Here's here's something interesting. It's not just this this teacher had a good idea about it. Okay, the teacher is a pole dancer. She teaches classes, I guess, on, on that it says. Quote, the principal said she'd arrange the pole dance because of the dancer's excellent skills and is upset at the backlash she's since received. So you know who's wearing oh. this? The principal is the person who is out to lunch in this area. The principal. Not the teacher, the principal. Oh, I thought it was the principal who did the dancing. She brought in a dancer to do it. Yes, she'd arranged the pole dance because of the dancer's excellent skills. So the the principal has like this weird appreciation for pole dances that you don't do this for kids, man. Like they don't understand that. Like I know for some people it's working out now. You can work out or mm-hmm. a pole because I mean it takes a lot of skill. And to be fair, there's probably many pole dancers who have nothing where you know it it gets weird. But there is a number of things with connotations there where it is weird, so you just stay away from it. Here's my thing, though. Where has has society, and by society I mean us worldwide, where have we gone wrong that this is no longer common sense? Because most people in the world would tell you, hey, this is a bad idea. One, these three to six-year-old students don't care about your pole dance. The parents are going to be upset that you're dancing in front of their kids Where's the mindset that says, yeah, like the principal says she was an excellent dancer and I'm sure she was. This is a bad idea. Everyone listening to this podcast believes that. Why do these things still happen? I feel like there's a number of other skills or lines of work where people are excellent at their lines of work, but that doesn't mean that maybe you have to put them on display for children. It's not It's not a good thing, but, but where's the gap though, man? Like, where, Why are people considering to make these mistakes? Well, Greg... Common sense is not common. No, I've been hearing that for 30 years, though. Like, when was it common? I don't think common sense was ever common. You don't think that back in the 1950s, it was no. more common than it is now? No. So back- We just hear more about it now because of the internet. So you're telling me back in the 1950s- There is no such thing as common sense. Common sense is a made-up thing. There's no such thing as common sense. Yes or no. In the 1950s, there was a teacher in China doing pole dances there for kindergarten. We just never would have heard about it. You wouldn't be surprised if you heard that. Also, society has moved on where there was probably something outrageous there where maybe there was a, a teacher who did a dance and that was just as offensive as a pole dance. And you'd say, it's hey, common sense, you don't dance for children. And maybe they're just moving society forward. Maybe this will be commonplace. Maybe in 20 years, every single school 
in around the world will start the year with pole dances. I mean, you and I both know that's not going to happen, but I think you bring up a good point. What do you mean we don't know? It's about how the world is actually changing. In the 1950s, there wasn't cameras everywhere. And right? you could actually get away with a lot of dumb stuff that I'm sure our grandparents, like the Beatles, did you hear about the Beatles thing? You can Google the Beatles thing. I'm not going to bring that up on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a headline. That a lot of dumb stuff see. happened that no one knew about. And now you actually can't get away with doing anything dumb or everyone knows about it. I think we've talked about this before, but even like bachelor parties, not really a thing anymore because the problem is they all get documented on social media. Everybody gets to see what you did at your bachelor party. And people, you know... and. I'm, I'm not saying I'm opposed to that, actually, but, of it going away. But what does that take from society? Because obviously people It gives want, accountability. Does it, though? Yeah. Or are you, it's not everyone just walking around with like these things that they want to do, but they can't do. Like, it's not like an underground yeah. society of like, hey, guess what? I found a closet or a room and there's no cameras, and we can just do whatever. Like, we play cards against humanity because people hate that outside in society. Yeah, it's interesting because I think there's always a double standard where the public gets outraged about something that somebody did. Meanwhile, they go, I did something similar, but I didn't do it publicly, so therefore I can get outraged about it. And even comedians talk about how many comedians are quitting now because when you take a joke and you take it outside of context and you just put it to the masses, that, yeah, there are going to be a number of people who are offended and then the internet will blow it up and lose their mind because context, even this story, I don't understand the context of it. There could be all sorts of contexts where this could have made sense if you understood it, but we don't live in that world. That's different from our world and we don't have the context. So it is interesting. Yeah, so a good example that, that just happened was the Serena Williams cartoon in the Australian newspaper. Yep. Did you hear about that? Yep. People lost their minds in that there was a sexist judge in, the, in tennis saying, listen, you know, it cost her a game. She lost a match. People are saying that the judge's rule that cost her a game, a game in tennis is not the, the yeah. entire match, uh, was sexist because men have done the same thing and women get in trouble for that. And a good example of that actually is there was a woman who got a, a violation from her, her, not her costume, but her outfit because she took her shirt off and she had a sport right. bra underneath and she was turning around or whatever. And there's men that have their shirts off the entire time. People are saying like, it's the same yeah. thing. What's any different? Anyway, this guy did a cartoon about uh, Serena Williams, he interpreted it as her throwing a tantrum, put it on in cartoon form, and there was, you know, it was an interpretation. Yep. And it, I'm not going to comment whether it was good or bad because I think it was. it's hard to say. Yeah, it's tough when you're doing a caricature of somebody to not cross the line or cross the line. And this guy, you know, in some ways, I think his style, and he's done a number of things that people could have been offended by the way that he represented people in cartoons as the newspaper ended up publishing later. Yeah, so he did it. People lost their minds saying, this is racist, this is wrong, how dare you, it's sexist, it's all these different things. And the newspaper and this guy stand behind it mm -hmm. and publish it on the front page yep. the next day. The front page. And now I feel like society's like this this polarization of people like right. you and me that say, what about common sense? People saying like, there's no such thing as common sense. We're going to do whatever you want and I will just take the masses of people that come with me. And we as a society cannot function by having a sane rational, real conversation about anything publicly online anymore. Yeah, we can't because we can't even do it in person, eye to eye. That's too intimate right. and uncomfortable. We can do it behind a keyboard, maybe. Maybe behind a but keyboard. But they always just descend into this wild rage and there's no ability now, it seems, for somebody to understand what somebody's trying to say, only to like pick on the words. And they're already coming into the conversation knowing what they think and knowing the outcome and also knowing what the other person thinks. It's wild. And I actually haven't spent time to look to see where we're going as a society and what this all means. But if you have the answer to that and want to fast track me, please reach out to us, Justin and Greg at 
Instagram. Or- I think it's easy. We actually just need to like divide the population into new countries. Like in the US, it's like, hey, here's Republican country, here's Democrat country. Just like there's 50-50 pretty much, right? Pretty close, I think, it. yeah. Why wouldn't you just agree on half the country? Because well, there'd be like boroughs of New York that are Democrat and boroughs of New York no, that no, are No, no, no. You got to like split it down the middle. Like, oh, okay, half of New York is moving to California. Half of California is moving to New York. Like East and West Berlin. Although I guess actually probably California. Well. That didn't work out very well. Wow. Build a wall. Oh, man. We're moving on from this. Speak, <laughs> speaking of common sense, and this kind of plays off the last thing we talked about in in England, there was a Capstone Hill tour of Britain where all these people were the right bikes. A Capstone Hill tour? Ca- the Capstone Hill tour in Britain. That was really The bad. problem is there's like 50 different accents in one country, so I have no idea. You know a crazy story about that is I was in uh, Bud- Budapest. Budapest, my, they say. My homeland. And I'm half Hungarian. I was there visiting, and I was in this room with people that were from England, and we're saying like, yeah, we love England, whatever. And they said, well, where are you from? And they said, you know, Based on our accent, you can tell we're from here. And we said, really? It's that nuanced? Oh, yeah, the next town over has a different accent. And they were making fun of the next town over. And sure enough, people walk in the room that are have English accents. They climb up and be quiet. They leave. And they're like, they are from that place we know without oh, even talking so to them funny. because of their accent. Yeah. That's insane to us. Because our, we live in a huge country that has yeah. Newfoundland and the rest of us. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Quebec with the French beaching, but... Primarily speaking, Western Canadians all sound very similar and even probably into some parts of Eastern Canada. I remember going to Ireland and it was like you would go an hour away and I remember this place at Lone is they don't pronounce H's. It's it's at Lone and but at Lone. They don't they don't say H's and meanwhile an hour away they would say H's. That's a it's a fascinating thing to me to think that you can have a different accent based on like three miles. Of yeah. distance. Another really interesting thing I heard was actually from Simon Sinek. He's a popular leadership guru. Yeah, he's kind of negative though, isn't he? No. Get it, Sinek? He's the best. That's oh, funny. no, that's not good. <laughs> not good. He had a great thing about how like like commonality is interesting because if we live in Canada and we're here in, let's say we go to Toronto and we're in Toronto and you run into somebody on the street and they're like, hey, where are you from? And we're like, oh, we're from Regina, Saskatchewan. And they're like, cool, I'm from Newfoundland. You go... Okay, cool. And they're like, do you want to hang out? I'm from Newfoundland. You're from Regina. It's like, don't. I get, uh, but you're both Canadian, kind of, kind of man. Weird. But if we're in France and you run into somebody and the exact same conversation Absolutely. happens, where are you from? I'm from Regina. Saskatchewan. Crazy, I'm from Newfoundland. Let's hang out because you're out of place there. Yeah. And so you find the commonality. Meanwhile, when you're in your home country, you're in place. You're like, weirdo, I don't want to hang out with you. But if you just did the exact same thing in another country, you would want to hang out. It's so weird, but it's true. Like you leave and go to someplace foreign like Poland yeah. where you can't read to the signs. You're just desperate for any kind of connection. Oh, my great grandmother's sister's brother's husband's nephews from Canada. Let's be best friends. Yeah, you've been to Tim Hortons before? Yeah. Great. Let's all like I trust you implicitly. Yeah. That's Isn't such a weird? weird. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. Anyway, the story in Britain, the, they made this amazing bike structure on the ground that you can see from the hills because it's, it's hilly right. there. It's far away. To, yeah. to kind of welcome people in, and it was made from recycled, I think, like cardboard and things like that. And uh, so well, a bicycle, it's got two wheels, it's got and two. then the frame of the bike. Yeah, and it looks awesome. Like, it's obviously quite it looks large like a bike, too. Yeah. It's 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 huge. And then people wake up in the morning, and lo and behold. There's a phallic symbol replacing the bike. <laughs> so the two bike wheels have turned into two circles, and then now there is a a big sh- uh, carrot, a big coming out of it, a big male genitalia penis. <laughs> there, here's what I find fascinating about this. It is the year 2018, 
And this kind of humor, as you continue to crack up behind the microphone, is still more, you want to call it relevant than ever. Like, you can put that anywhere and people are like, like, go to any public restroom, you know, male or female stall, I don't care what it is. You look at the graffiti and I guarantee you, it's like the dumbest lowbrow stuff in the world. Why are you laughing so hard? Because they're just like, there's something so magical to me about never growing up. And I'm like, at heart, you know, I just always want to be... Not in always, but in some ways, like a kid. And to me, when you're 11, drawing a, a peen is so funny. <laughs> yeah, but you're th- over 30, man. I know, but it's the same thing with farting. Sometimes we pretend like, oh, that's that's not funny. How dare you fart? It's not funny. But really, we all think it's funny. It's just the context of we're worried about what other people think of us. And so in context, we won't laugh or make a joke because we're like, no, we're in a business setting. We need to be businessy and serious. And I remember we just had a conversation with somebody today about somebody they knew who I'm like, I know that person. They were talking about how serious they are at work. Like, oh, yeah, they're so serious and to the point. And I'm like, really? That person? No, they're a blast. But they've got their work person on. And they're so serious about it and to the point and no nonsense. Meanwhile, I'm like, I know that person. They just like to have fun in the evenings. Is that weird? True story. I missed that part of the story. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because that bugs me where you should be the same person you are online and at work to an extent. Right. And at home and with your friends. Like, obviously, there's different environments there that require different things from you. But if you are acting completely different, then something is off there. And I guess it's this idea of professionalism. Hey, you should show up and you should be professional. I don't. To me, at the end of the day, it's about getting a job done. And so if you can do that while having fun or being you, that's how it should be done. Not going going, no, I've got a suit on. I'm very serious now. And then as soon as I get home, I'll have a blast with my friends, but I don't want people at work. Like it, It's weird to me. We run into this all the time because Justin and Greg do media, news, storytelling all across. Well, I'll say the world, even though it's only been North America right now. And when we walk into an environment that is structured, yep. like an NHL media yeah, room yep. or whatever, and I'm wearing a tennis band and you're wearing whatever you are that day, people Marty look at Robbins. us funny and they make fun of us. Yep. And they go, oh, like you guys don't belong here. Or even you went to a, a I think you told the story, you went to a golf clubhouse and we're wearing a hat and they yep. said, please remove the they hat. They come over and ask me to remove my hat. Meanwhile- we're actually telling great stories and we're doing a great job of helping everybody out. We just do it with a different style. We're we're fun. And we're having fun. But if we were to draw phallic symbols all over the locker room, people would get mad at us because it's not appropriate. Okay, in that context of an NHL locker room, if while all the media was interviewing one player, I was in Mark andre Fleury's locker drawing little, little peens. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> there's got to be a line there somewhere. I man. know, but still, at the end of the day, I don't know. It's still like the same thing. The people who swap out the letters on the signs, right? That's... I mean, it's funny. Well, the signs actually is more difficult to me because that actually takes some creativity. Yeah. Well, this one would have taken them a ton of time because that was a massive bike on the side of the hill and it would have taken them a long time to move that all around to turn the bike into a... They probably had a spotter, something. hey? A spotter up top being like, hey, move to the left, move to the right. Well, can you imagine? Oh, okay, man. last story of the day comes to us from Twitter, at Hilton the Shark. So people on, on Twitter, they've, they've injected the shark with his GPS. His name's Hilton. Ooh, and he travels all, they just follow him on Twitter. And so he updates his Twitter feed every day based on really? his location. And they give it some personality. Like, okay, hey, does he have like 50 followers? 44,000 followers? How humbling is that for people to go, hey, I, I've got a voice out there. I'm like, no, no, no. I know a shark that only cares about blood and eating. And he is 44 he and a half. can't talk or do anything. And he has 44,000 followers on Twitter. Right? And he's retweeting people, right? Hilton the Shark retweeted Alex McDonald. Hey, here's what something he said. Hey, here. so here's the thing. I started heading toward Newfoundland, but dang, it's chilly up there. I think I'll stick around Cape Breton where it's warmer and the seals are plentiful. And they're studying this shark. 432 reactions to that? 
Yeah, they're studying the shark, and Hilton is a big deal oh on the goodness. East Coast. Could you imagine, though, if you poached Hilton? You'd be in some trouble. Oh! Like those guys who killed that lion. like that. Remember the guys yeah, who killed that lion that was super popular? Yeah, that's not how you make friends, Jeepers. my friends. Yeah, don't uh, don't kill a shark. If you see it, just be nice to it because it could have 44,000 angry Twitter followers. And you do not want that. As you much as you can just block that. them all, it's just not worth it. Stay away from angry Twitter people. Anyway, anyway I, um, I'm going golfing, Greg, so we're going to cut this podcast a little bit short. If you want to golf with me, tweet me, at Justin Rivas. Let's go golfing. And if you want to golf with a real personality. No, you don't want to do that. Watch the video. I beat you. I drove no, you in you golf. Didn't. That's not beating me at golf. Yeah, it is. No, you have like this weird baseball swing that doesn't work except for one of The goal was times. who could drive farther, and I drove. In fact, we need to end this podcast. Hey, it's still okay, my thanks for hanging out. It's been fun. Okay. <laughs>